Welcome to City News 570 Rangers Talk. Brought to you by You Save Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. Here are your hosts, Mike Farwell and Paul Fixter. Well, never would you ever have thought after watching two periods here tonight, and particularly the second, that there would be five goals scored in this game in the third period alone. But that's what happened as the Rangers edged the Guelph Storm by a score of four to three. We'll take you through this one. It started 7:26 into the game. Gavin Grunders, fifth of the season from Parker Snellgrove, giving the Guelph Storm the one nothing lead. The Rangers would respond at 11:53 of the first. Cameron Mercer's sixth from Hunter Brustevich and Justin Botno, and it was a one-one game after one. Also, in the first period, no team had a chance on the Channers' power play. In the second. A whole lot of nothing. I mean, there were power play opportunities, and the Rangers outshot the Storm by a count of 11-4, to but no really good chances, and these teams were playing like teams mired in extended losing slumps. The Storm had lost six straight coming into this one, and as you likely know, the Rangers had lost three in a row and eight of nine. So it was a scoreless second period that didn't feature a whole lot in the way of offense. And the Storm would carry over a power play into the third. But the Rangers would kill that off and shortly after get a goal from Edward Chalet, their trade deadline pickup from the Barry Colts and first rounder to the Seattle Kraken. Chalet's 10th of the season and third as a Ranger from Trent Swick and Max Diracolo at 217 of the third. It was 2-1 Kitchener. Then Tanner Lamb, with a beautiful play, would score his 10th of the season from Luke Ellenis and Luca Romano at 814. Rangers up by two. They're home and cooled out, right? No. Brody Crane would bring the storm back within one, his eighth from Ryland Singh and Jet Luchenko at 932. The Rangers would restore the two-goal advantage on the power play. Hunter Brustevich with his ninth from Philip Mashar and Carson Rakoff at 15-13. But the Storm would respond again. Braden Bowman's 27th, the Kitchener boy, from Gavin Grunner and Ryan McGuire at 16-13 on a Storm power play. That made it 4-3, but the Rangers would hang on. Kitchener goes 1-4 for four on the power play. Guelph goes 1-5. for five. The Rangers outshoot the Storm 27-21. to 21. Kitchener hands the Storm... Uh, fifth defeat in six games against this season. 4-3 the final here at the Memorial Auditorium. Your post-game show for You Save Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. This is City News 570. You're listening to City News 570 Rangers Talk. Brought to you by You Save Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. Here are your hosts, Mike Farwell and Paul Fixter. A 4-3 win for the Rangers over the storm tonight. Paul Fixter is rinkside. Thanks, Mike. I'm at ringside with head coach UC Hocus and coach. How does it feel after getting that win over Guelph tonight? Oh, really good. Uh, guys were working hard. We had uh, our first period wasn't the best from us. Like kind of Guelph played really well. They came really hard, and but I thought after uh, second one was really good from us, and also third we had uh, plenty of chances. We could have actually finished a little bit more goals, but uh, good thing we got four now today and. For uh, Bruce Davids to, it's good for him to shoot the puck once in a while. You get, you get, you might get some goals also. And uh, yeah, but 
Otherwise, I really like the effort from the team. And you talk about shooting the puck. Uh, Chalet shoots the puck and scores tonight. How important was that for him to get goal scoring for this hockey club? Well, yeah, he has a really good shot. Like, But he's more of a kind of a passer. We just had a meeting with him yesterday and kind of talked about that, that he, we have to get him shooting more. And now he just shot and right away. It's it's important. Like all the analytics and those show that he's played really well. He's created a lot. So uh, it's good now it shows in the results also. You know, the team's been in a lot of close games. And uh, you know as well as anybody, as you get into the playoffs, the games are closer. They're tighter. You think it's important to win these one-goal games so you know what, how to deal with it when you come into the playoffs? Well, yeah. Uh, for I would say the whole whole season is important to win the one. That's how you you learn because everything's heading for the playoffs. That at there we have to be in our best. And uh, I think we had a little slump there, and uh, now we're getting back. We've had good practice weeks there but it doesn't change right away it doesn't never turns right away and now we got the prize from our good hard work uh, last question for your coach has, has it been difficult for the team to remain positive during this stretch or have they found a way to uh, realize that hey the sun does come up every morning yeah like i i think the guys have been handling we've been talking about it they've been handling it good and uh but of course uh, nobody wants to lose that much what we did and but uh, everybody has to go through a tough stretch, and, and I think from now on we just keep building our game. And now on 15 game, 15 more games left, and uh, regular season, and now it's good, good, good point to keep building on. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Coach. Thank you. Back upstairs to you, Mike. Thank you very much, Paul. You see a hocus, the head coach of the Rangers, with his post-game thoughts following a 4-3 Ranger victory here on home ice tonight, snapping a three-game losing skid you're listening to post-game coverage of kitchener rangers hockey brought to you by you save flooring on city news 570 you're listening to city news 570 rangers talk brought to you by you save flooring prices so low just take it and go here are your hosts mike farwell and paul fixter the rangers win how long has it been since i've said that 4-3 over guelph tonight paul fixter down at ringside Thanks, Mike. I'm ringside with a smiling Hunter Perstavich. And Hunter, how important was that win for the club, and how good does it feel to get in the win column, especially against Guelph? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's a division rival, so that always, you know, adds a more uh, fuel to it. And that was, you know, that's huge. Uh, I think, you know, we got a good stretch of games, and it's going to be tough, but we're looking, you know, to keep this train going, and hopefully we can just get a, get a couple more and, um, you know, keep going and see where we land in the playoffs. You're such a good passer. You see, you see the ice so well. But uh, tonight, you, you scored. You, you elected to take the shot from the top of the top of the uh, blue paint, uh, blue line. Sorry, you get the puck from Mashar. Raykoff uh, had given it to him. But Mike, Mike commented on the radio that the third assist should go to Swick. How important? Explain to the fans the importance of having that net front presence, and nobody does it better than Swick. I mean, if anyone's, you know, listening, they I hope they can, or I wish they could see my facial expression because I think he he's caused probably 30, 40 goals this year, and he doesn't get any credit on them. And it is honestly massive. Uh, I think Rakoff should be hugging him every single time because he gets him all the time. But 
I mean, he's huge. He's not only in front of the net, just um, you know, defensively on the PK too. I think that's a huge part of his game. And but in front of the net, he's just he's a menace, and uh, we're really glad to have him. The power play had been struggling over the last while, as as the team had. How do you get out of a funk like that on the power play? Is it practice? Is it video? Is it a combination of both? Uh, is it simplifying it? What, what is it that is going to get this power play running again the way it was prior to this? Yeah, I think you hit it all on the all nails there. I think, you know, it's a little bit of everything. Uh, we know we were struggling. We know we were at the top. And then, you know, once we went cold, we just have to get back to the basics. Uh, you know, keep it simple. And the hard work, you know, we, we had a meeting. And, you know, in our to start our meeting, it's four four guys going at 100% equals 400% versus five guys going to 80 still equals 400%. And if we don't work hard, it, it doesn't matter. If we don't recover pucks and do the little things, nothing matters. I wasn't that good at math, but I really like that. That sounds good. Uh, Hunter, how easy or difficult has it been to remain positive during this stretch? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's been tough, and we all know that, but we know what we're capable of, and I, I believe so much in this team, and everyone else does. And, you know, we just, you know, stick to our game and stick to the practices and the details and narrow it down. And, um, you know, I think once we get those every single week, just keep grinding, hit, hit, hitting the rock until it chips off little by little, um, it's going to be, you know, we're, we're just going to fly. Lastly, I, I watched a pretty good hockey game last night in Madison Square Garden between the Rangers and the Calgary Flames. Did you catch any of that? Because it was one heck of a hockey game. No, I did not. Well, I was at the Raptors game last night, so I was watching Wemby Nyama put up a historic performance. Oh, good. Congratulations on the win, and uh, have a great week of practice. We'll see you Friday. Thank you. See you Friday. Back upstairs to you, Mike. Thank you very much, Paul. Boy, did I like that comment. If you could see my face right now, Trent Swick is probably responsible for 30 or 40 Colds this season because he's such a big net front presence. And by the way, Carson Rakoff owes a mistake dinner or something along those lines. Rangers win it four to three. Hunter Brustevich with the game winner as Kitchener snaps a three game slide and extends the Storms slide to now seven games. Your post game show is brought to you by You Save Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. You're listening to City News 570. Who blew a call? Who left it all out on the ice? Mike Farwell and Paul Fixter. Break it down on City News 570 Rangers Talk. Brought to you by You Save Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. Here are your hosts, Mike Farwell and Paul Fixter. Back here inside the Kitchener Memorial Auditorium, which has cleared out, making way for our extended post-game Rangers talk tonight. Looking forward to a chat with you because we haven't had one in quite some time. Rangers have been on the road for the past three. Now they're home for three this week, and they start the important home stand with a much-needed two points over their Highway 7 rivals. The Rangers beat the Storm 4-3. to three. Your three stars for this game, a presentation of the Better Business Bureau. Find a better business at bbb.org. Third star of this game, the man from whom you just heard, Hunter Brustevich, his ninth goal of the season plus an assist. His name's star number three, Gavin Grunner of the Storm. Opened the scoring, added an assist on the Storm's third goal. He is star number two. And the first star of this game, with a beautiful goal to give the Rangers a 3-1 lead 
early in the third period, Tanner Lamb gets the nod as the first star of this game. So your three stars go Lamb, Grudner, and Bruce Stevich. Three stars brought to you by the Better Business Bureau. Find a better business at bbb.org. We're back to wrap and then get to your phone calls right after this. Post-game coverage brought to you by You Save Flooring. You're listening to City News 570. You're listening to City News 570 Rangers Talk. Brought to you by You Save Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. Here are your hosts, Mike Farwell and Paul Fixter. Back here inside the Memorial Auditorium and just ahead of taking your calls as we go extended for some Rangers talk like we do after every home game. Paul, we talked about this a way back during our Harris Law pregame show. Three games at home. If there is a time to get back on track, this is the time to do it. And the Rangers certainly start on the right skate with a 4-3 win here tonight. It wasn't easy, but they, in the end, they found a way to to score one more than the opposition, and and that's how you get the win. Um, I, I, Mike, you could just, being down there, and, you know, I interviewed Hunter, but there were other players around, mingling around and signing autographs. They just seemed to breathe easier. Like, just that uh, stress of not winning. There's, uh, there's no better deodorant than a win. That's for sure. Could I get some of that deodorant just down the street from here where I had a skunk in the backyard recently? <laughs> well, I, I did hear you speaking on your uh, your, your daytime show, and uh, I've I heard all about the, the skunk and, and Rosie, Rosie losing that battle. But I have to say, when you said you were you felt it coming through your pores uh, on your radio show uh, during the day, I was worried about tonight, Mike. You smell like a, a rose on Valentine's All Day. All right. That's yeah. perfect. Thank you, sir. Good to know I'm not uh, offending anybody <laughs> here in the broadcast booth tonight. I really enjoyed, just before we get to our phone calls and Rangers talk, uh, Hunter Brustevich's post-game comments. Right down to talking about being at the Raptors game, watching a historic <laughs> night. But the comment about Trent Swick and how many goals he's responsible for. Swick has scored 20. But according to Brew, he's at least a 50-goal man now if you count the ones he's responsible for. Yeah, and the reason I asked that is because you were the one who kind of whispered it in my ear during the game about, you know, it's too bad they don't give a third assist because that certainly would be the third assist. Uh, And he's done that time and time again, and he's just so good at it, and he takes pride in it. And it it, it goes unnoticed on the score sheet, no question, because it's Mashar and Rakoff who get the assists. But it doesn't go unnoticed by the, the faithful here, you and me, more importantly, his teammates and his coaching staff. Do you remember how to do this? It feels like a long time <laughs> since we've had a home game. <laughs> a, home ga- a home game where we haven't gotten on the bus and had to leave. That's right. The last home game was after the Rangers thriller, yeah. and we had to hop on the bus and go to Erie and watch them lay an egg. And then we were on the road in Kingston and in Ottawa, and so here we are back home. And despite the victory tonight, it's still only two wins in ten games for the Kitchener Rangers, both against the Guelph Storm. So maybe some fa- the fans have some thoughts as to why the Rangers are where they are and how they'll be doing in the next 15 games because that's all that stands between this team and the beginning of the playoffs. It's incredible how, how fast it's going. Like, does it seem you've done this it's for a long time? Incredibly fast. Yeah, I, I don't know why that is, um, that it just seems so much faster. I know things with age, as you age, think things seem to go faster. Maybe it's just because, you know, you and I are both older than we used to be and, and life is passing pretty fast. But it's incredible, Mike, 
how fast this season has gone, even in, in this tough stretch where we've had some long bus rides with long faces and pretty quiet, and you buried your head into your crossword puzzle, and I buried mine into a book. It still has gone fast. Like, it's incredible. Um, and, you know, today when I was looking at the schedule and things, as you mentioned, when we get back from uh, uh, Sault Ste. Marie, March, March. March is around the corner. Like, yep. it's, it's crazy. And then playoffs start in March. They do. So... They do indeed. All right, that's the situation as it stands from here. The Rangers pick up a 4-3 victory tonight over their rivals from down Highway 7. And speaking of 7, that's how many losses in a row now for the Guelph Storm. Hey, I know we've got lots of listeners in the Royal City. Maybe you listened to Larry on local radio in Guelph and flipped over here for the post-game show. We're happy to welcome you into Rangers Talk as well. Yes, you I'm talking to you, the Storm fan, and, of course, our Rangers fans. It's been a couple of weeks since Paul and I have been able to do this, so let's do it, shall we? Rangers talk, and we take your calls beginning right after this quick timeout. The numbers, 519-570-2545, star 570 by cell, and 1-800-570-5715. We begin taking your calls right after this. You're listening to Kitchener Rangers Hockey and post-game coverage for You Save Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. This is City News to this game here at the Memorial Auditorium tonight as there was 11 days ago it was February the 2nd of Friday night the storm were in here to take on the Rangers Kitchener had lost a season high five in a row in fact that was the first time Kitchener had even lost three games in a row they had gone five previous times losing back-to-back games but never dropping the third the third turned into a fourth and then a fifth and on february the second the guelph storm were here at the memorial auditorium where the rangers got a goal from matt sop in the final minute to force overtime and then an overtime winner on a penalty shot by matt sop again to win the game snapping the skid unfortunately for kitchener they would lose the next three and once again here tonight on the 13th of february it's the guelph storm in town and the kitchener rangers use the opportunity to erase the three-game losing streak 4-3 the final tonight hunter brustevich a goal and an assist for the rangers and i guess paul what i'm getting at by way of that introduction is as much as of a relief there is here for the Kitchener Rangers, and you talked about winning being the best deodorant a little bit earlier. The mood's a little lighter. This Rangers team is only as good as its next game. That's kind of where we're at. I'm not trying to, you know, whiz all over a, an important victory tonight, but they're only as good as the next one now. Fair, fair point, Mike. And the next one doesn't get easy. Mississauga's a heck of a hockey club. And then the next one doesn't get any easier. Sudbury's an even better hockey club, at least statistically uh, right now. So I think you just have to dwell on the positive and and 
I, I don't know how close Cameron Reed is to getting back too. It'd be interesting to see is, is if he's available this weekend. That would really help this hockey club. He's kind of the intangible or the variable that uh, you know has been missing for sure. Um, but you you enjoy this one. You, you get back to work uh, tomorrow and, and and Thursday, and then try to replicate the effort. The effort was good again tonight. The effort was pretty good on the weekend. You try to keep replicating that. And I liked what the coach said, you know, now we're scoring again. <laughs> you know, once they can get back into the 4-5 goal area. Because they know they defend well. So, uh, we'll see. We were talking about defense way back during our Harris Law pregame show. We'll get into that more here during Rangers Talk and analyze where we think things have changed so dramatically for the Kitchener Rangers, among other things. Uh, I'm going to go, you can obviously call us, 519-570-2545, star 570, and 1-800-570-5715. I'm going to quickly start, though, with an email from Derek, who I know is a Storm fan. He says to Mike at 570news.com, Hey, Mike, I can't call in, but the Storm have been skunked lately. What do you have to say about it? Can you please say this on the air? <laughs> yeah, Derek, I'll tell you what I can think about that. Uh, no, they haven't because it was a one-goal game tonight. Storm played reasonably well. I have smelled a skunking, and this was nothing even close to it. So I'll just leave that there. No, I, I, I see what Derek's getting at. Ha-ha. It, <laughs> it was a good hockey game. Uh, Guelph played well. Um, and in the end, uh, uh, just not quite well enough. Like Kitchener was just a little bit better. And Kitchener seemed to... Guelph started the game, I think, a little bit stronger than Kitchener. I agree with that. And then Kitchener was able to get that momentum and and uh, get the ball rolling a little bit and build build on that. As but you know, Mike, you said coming in coming in the third period, it's a one-one game. Like and, and, and the, Kitchener was shorthanded to start the third. Correct. Like this game could have went either way, and to Kitchener's credit, they found a way in the end to kill that penalty off and and more so get a couple of goals that. Um, allowed them to get the win. You never would have guessed after 40 minutes that there were going to be five goals combined scored in the third. It was 1-1, and the second period was a bit of a dog, if we're being honest. So The, the unpredictability of of uh, junior hockey, isn't it? Amen to that. And if you missed it earlier, my dog got skunked earlier this week. That's what Derek is alluding to about the storm being skunked lately. Seven straight losses for Guelph. Let's get to the phones. Mike, you're up first on Rangers Talk. Hello. Hello, Mike. Um, when's the trade deadline for OHL? Uh, it's long past, my friend. It's long past. I'm sorry. Um, another question, too, Mike. Um, do do um, Kitchener ever trade to the NHL? Does that happen quite often? I'm just wondering. Okay. Mike, appreciate the call. Always remember, turn down your radio in the background and know the OHL teams never trade to the pro teams, although the Kitchener Rangers do have a number of pro prospects on their team. And a couple of guys we were keeping our eyes on tonight, Paul. The fix was in for City Cabs on Jet Luchenko outpointing Luke Ellenis tonight. They both picked up an assist. Luchenko likely to go in the first round this summer to the National Hockey League. Luke Ellenis, though, is a guy that's really been garnering attention from scouts lately had another good game tonight he did like he's 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 doing things to get noticed every night and he's bringing a, a real physical presence at, at times I, I like that i i think his confidence is just building and and he is a rookie by ohl standards that's right, right? 
Yep. Or by games played or where, however they determine. He's a, he's a rookie in this league. And, uh, boy, he doesn't play like one. He, and he's moved in and out of the, uh, in and around the lineup, left side. He's played center. He's played on the right side. He's, he's, he's a very versatile player. Um, and he's a good skater. Everything starts with skating. He's a very good skater. And he gets in on the forecheck. He does a lot of really good things. And, and he's shown at times, Mike, that he has a heck of a shot when he uses it. I liked what the coach said, too, about uh, Brustevich should use his shot more often. He's such a he's such a great – he sees the ice so well, and he's such a great passer. He distributes the puck so well. But when he does shoot, he's got a heck of a shot, too. Now, that shot there, that was just a placement shot. You know, he just got it through, passed the past the uh, – uh, the front of the penalty kill, like the player coming out to block the shot, got it past him, and big boy Swick in front didn't allow uh, Slavic to see it. That was the game winner as the Rangers pick up the 4-3 victory over Guelph tonight. Back to the phones. Cody, you're on Rangers Talk on City News 570. Hey, Farwell. Hey, Fixer. What's up, guys? Hey, Cody. We're good. How are you? Oh, man. So happy the Rangers won finally. Well, the good news for you, Cody, is you got to see them win at home. We had to travel with them on the road to watch them lose three times. So lucky you. You've seen back-to-back wins your way. Yeah, but I've also saw. I also <laughs> did see them lose. So. Yeah, you were following the team. I know you did. Yeah, but but I gotta say there was no love. There was no love in the air at the odd tonight between these two teams. Very there clever wasn't. Valentine's Day game. That's true. There was a bit of bite to this one. Oh yeah, but yeah, no. I also want to give that that kid uh, number thirty-seven, Tanner Lamb. That dude, man, that goal just blew me out of my out of my seat. What was it about the goal that blew you out of your seat, though? Like just the way he like slapped it, like right into the net. Well, what blew me out of the seat was how he controlled that puck, and he went around the entire defensive zone and did a real neat little. You know the old Jeff Skinner feet like that, the old ten and two. Yeah, right yeah. at the top of the uh, top of the blue line, and then dished it off to Ellenis, who got the shot through. And then you want to score goals, you go to the net, and he went to the net front and was I don't know ten feet off the paint, maybe eight feet. Yeah, and the puck came right to him, and he what did you say? Kaboomed it into the net. <laughs> I think yeah. I went with bingo bango bongo on that one, but one time one well, time that came out tonight. Yeah, I kind of said kaboom when he when he scored that. Well, you I knew want to it, Cody. You guys happy V Day, and I'll see you guys on Friday. All right, Cody. Appreciate the call. Let's just go back for a moment, Paul, because you identified it in game when Tanner Lamb scored that goal, and you just talked about it now. But the importance, and if you watch these players, you'll understand why you said what you said. Tanner Lamb, after dishing off the puck to Luke Ellenis, didn't turn away from the net some guys might curl out to the half wall lamb kept going towards the net and that's why he was the beneficiary of what followed and, and they car they call that you know like the dirty ice the hard ice because you're, you're gonna have to battle to get in there in this instance he didn't he he, he found a, a space where there was no defenders but they don't just give that ice away uh, without a bit of a battle and that's why a lot of players don't go in there because you're gonna fight for your for your space um but that's where you're going to score goals, especially with these goaltenders. They're so good. If, you, if you're out far, they're going to stop that. And like even even the chalet goal, I'm really happy that he formed that he scored. But that's one the goalie should stop from from that far out. You you have to get inside the faceoff dots for sure, and even more so 
probably between the face-off dots and the hash marks, and then start working your way towards the net. And on that goal there with Lamb, the rebound was so quick. If he's out really far, the goalie has time to react to that when it was, you know, uh, boom, boom, or whatever you said, uh, uh, t- uh, whatever you like, tic-tac-toe or whatever you said. Goalie can't react because it was so quick. He's already made he's already made his commitment on the first shot, and the other one is so quick. If it's way out and the rebound goes way out, he can react to that. Edward Chalet's goal is 10th of the season and third as a Kitchener Ranger, part of this 4-3 Ranger victory tonight. Back to the phones. Evan, you're on Rangers Talk on City News 570. Hey, Farwell. Woo-hoo. Let's go. <laughs> hey, Farwell. I mean, Are uh, you? Kitchener, what's up, guys? Are you in a tin can, Evan? You sound like you're in a big, huge tin can tonight. No, I'm at uh, Sweet Lou's. Oh, Sweet Lou. Hey, is Lou there? Tell Lou from the Sioux that Farwell says hi. All right. Come come here okay. for your Valentine's cookies. 1950s is chocolate. 2000s is cookies. You know what, Sweet Lou? I already told my daughter that's where we're going tomorrow. So I will be there, friend. I will be there. That's great news. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's get to the game. Okay, uh, enough about cookies. Let's talk hockey. <laughs> that was a great game tonight, to be honest. Uh, I think um, a 4-3 game is not that bad. I thought it was going to be a blowout, like 6-1, to one, but that's all right. But uh, I got a few questions for you, Mike. Okay. Um. Did that last goal count? Uh, that they all they all counted. The open netter. Oh, no, the open netter. No. Sorry, no. no. Yeah, that was that was after time expired. Okay, and uh, what about uh? Oh, and I got another one for you. What's your favorite uh restaurant to do on the road? I mean, it could be whatever. Yeah, that's easy. Caruso Club in Sudbury. Yeah, amen. <laughs> that's a that's a great spot. You know yeah. what my you know what my favorite uh, restaurant in Guelph is? What's that? Wimpy's. Trappers. Wimpy's. Wimpy's is a good spot too. <laughs> All right. All uh, right, Ev. Take care. You too. Appreciate the call. Caruso Club. We haven't had a chance to go there in a while, Paul, but the time is going to find, we're going to find time for it again. The other place that we, we missed out on in Kingston is uh, Woodenhead's Pizza. Oh, uh, you know, it, and we could have, we had a chance. I know we, yeah. we should have. We ended up going somewhere else with Danny and his crew, but uh, oh my God, that's actually a pretty good question because we do spend enough time on the road and we do eat well. I'd actually forgotten about that one, Paul, until yeah. you and I were out for our walk, which we do when we're on the road to get out of the hotel for a bit. But that was a Steve Spot special yeah. back in the day. Yeah. Spotter introduced us, yeah, and we had many a nice meal there, and I'd f- completely forgotten about it until we walked past. So. Next time we're in Kingston, we'll make sure Woodenheads is on the agenda. There's a really nice coffee shop there, the name of which is. We both ended up there. Yeah. <laughs> we split up and then ended up at the same place. <laughs> anyway, and it's a good little spot to stop and, you know, read the newspaper and get started on the day. Mike, you called it on the first goal. They announced Pugliese, but you, you on the air called it, and I just checked. They ended up giving it to Mercer. So... I'm just going to say, like, I I feel bad for the kid because when 
six thousand plus are, are sitting here and, and right and and you know God bless Dave Schneider he just can read the in- information they give him but he calls out fifteenth goal of the season for and, to, and he puts all the goosing into it to make it Cameron Mercer deserves that yeah yeah and I don't know if they ever corrected it in, in house I don't think so but, but I but I checked and 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 it, it was a redirect I mean in the end it doesn't either those guys are team guys they wouldn't have cared no they they're just happy when when that line scores but Cameron Mercer again blue paint redirection uh, a redirection from the shot of it was brew again yep he was on the so, blue line let yeah. it go and the tip in front and yeah I just I, I felt for the kid I I think they deserve especially for an effort like that you're down in the dirty area you're getting your stick on a puck for a redirect you deserve the announcer to call your name loud and proud for everybody to hear in the Memorial Auditorium. Rangers do win it 4-3 on that Mercer goal, a Tanner Lamb goal, an Edward Chalet goal, and a Hunter Brustevich goal. Let's uh, stay with the phones. Andre, you're up on City News 570. It's Rangers talk. Hi, Mike. Hi, Paul. Um, Hi, Andre. Hello. So, uh, yeah, uh, you guys explained it very well. Uh, I was there. It was fantastic felt like a little kid um it was uh, the first period Guelph did good and uh the first goal don't like that but it is what it is and uh one one and then the next goal two one it just started from there um big smiles big love in the crowd it's just an amazing feeling being there um listening to you guys once in a while and it's just it was spectacular um, what I want to say is my son went there. The crowd was quiet. And like you guys explained, uh, Luke and uh, my, my uh, second player, uh, Tanner Lamb, uh, my son said, shoot, through the crowd. And he shoot, and he scored, and the crowd went crazy. So what an amazing feeling. Um, I really like Lamb. I thought he would get uh, a hat trick tonight. But I, I really liked him since the beginning. He did great. And Hunter Bishevit and uh, Corson Rakoff and everybody else. The only thing I didn't like tonight is uh, Kitchener got too many penalties. But beside that, it was a spectacular game. Um, I don't have much to add, but what a feeling, Mike. Andre, appreciate the call. Thanks for making it. It reminds me, Paul, what a special place this is to come for a hockey game, just hearing it through Andre's words reminds me of coming here since I was a kid. But one of the other things, as Andre mentioned, he didn't like it when Guelph got the first goal. If we look at this game on the whole now, in hindsight, Kitchener surrendered the first goal but battled back. And then despite getting a two-goal lead in the third on two occasions, it became a one-goal game again. And this team that's been fighting every bit of it for nine games now found a way 10 games this is only their second win in 10 games but those little things Guelph scores first the Rangers respond two goal leads turn into one goal leads but the Rangers are able to hang on those are probably some good signs to build on yeah that's the the old saying that you know you you, you can bend but don't break and tonight they they bend a little bit but they didn't break in the end and that's why I asked the coach about the importance of winning these games one goal games now and he said it's important to win one goal games throughout the season I, I understand that that's about the two points but as you get closer to the playoffs you know how much tighter playoff hockey is tighter games you don't see a lot of blowouts in, in the playoff hockey so I think you have to learn how to defend 
in the tight games, and especially you know as it gets late, late in the third period, you have to be able to def- defend and hold those leads um, because, as you know, you get into the playoffs, making overtime, it's the next goal, it's the next shot that can go that goes in that wins the game, and those can be really disheartening. And I think tonight Kitchener did a real good job of of defending. It's too bad that that power play goal happened so fast, you know, because their power play. Uh, their penalty kill would have been perfect, and their power play got one tonight. So it's nice to see those things get going again because the special teams haven't been the greatest, but um, tonight they did a pretty good job on them. Rangers did take five penalties tonight. Andre said he didn't like the number of penalties the Rangers took. Guelph was one for five with the man advantage. The Rangers one for four, and they got their first power play goal tonight on that fourth power play opportunity Rangers had been 3 for 45 in the past 12, 13 games on the power play. 3 for 39 coming into this one. No, 3 for 42 coming into this one. And then got the power play goal. Regardless, it's been a long drought for the Rangers, but all of it is over on the power play and on the scoreboard as Kitchener wins 4 to 3, opening this three-game homestand. We'll take a quick break. We come back with more. It's Rangers Talk here on City News 570, brought to you by USAVE Flooring. It's time to speak your mind. Have your say on City News 570 Rangers Talk. Call now, 519-570-2545. Brought to you by You Say Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. City News 570. Edward Chalet scored his third goal as a Kitchener Ranger. And Hunter Brustevich picked up the game winner for Kitchener in a 4-3 victory over the Guelph Storm tonight. It snaps a three-game losing streak for the Rangers and gives them their second win in their past 10 games. So it's been a rough patch, but they get back on the right foot here tonight. 519-570-2545, star 570, and 1-800-570-5755. 15. I was just, and I apologize, but trying to find the stat, I thought that this is uh, Chalet's second goal against the Guelph Storm. I'm pretty sure it is, but I don't seem to have it on this piece of paper. I'll find it nonetheless. Let's go back to the phones. Stephen, you're up on City News 570. It's Rangers Talk. Hello, my friends. How are you? We're good. How are you? That's good. Not too bad. Well, I mean, I, I want to call it a must-win game, but I mean, the way, um, you know, in the standings, definitely, uh, you don't want to let golf get uh, closer. And uh, I think we're a little bit fortunate that uh, they're struggling also. Yeah, but now it's Owen Sound coming, bringing up the rear behind us. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, definitely, uh you know, it's, I guess with Guelph, they played well enough to lose. So, but you know, obviously, Kitchener found a way to win. Uh, I think uh, special teams. I mean, obviously, penalty killing was did pretty good. But you know, somehow the got to keep the power play, build it up, and get it going to its uh, so we say former glory earlier in the season. I think that's a good point, and we've talked about it quite a bit, Paul. The power play, and by the way, Chalet did not have a goal against Guelph before tonight. For some reason, I thought he had. But the power play for the Rangers has been a part of these 10-game struggles for sure. Yeah, no no question about it. And uh, 
it's special teams play such an important part in the game, always has. And when you're not scoring on the power play, there's a good chance uh, you're not going to win because those. It's just so difficult to score. So you want to score when you have the man advantage. And uh, it, it just it actually, Mike, in a lot of the games too, we weren't getting more than one, maybe two cha- power play chances. Um, so if you're only getting one or two chances, you're either going to be 100% or 50% if you're going to score. And, and those those are huge numbers. But, you know, I, I get back to the the thing where I'm a big believer in a goal a game. At the end of the year, you have 68 goals. If you have 68 power play goals, your percentage is going to be good. You're certainly going to be in the upper echelon of of teams. What else are you feeling, Stephen? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, which is say, which is hope uh, last little while uh, we played golf, uh, build up confidence. Hopefully, history doesn't repeat itself. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, other than that, uh, and one thing I like too, I mean, as you know, games were on, you're gonna need the contribution from a lamb from other players, third, fourth line, because obviously. Uh, Every team's done his homework, and you know they're gonna definitely be bearing down on you know Sop, Machar, um, and definitely Raykov. So I think you know definitely in the playoffs we got to build on that. Anyway, gentlemen, take care, have a good night, and uh, talk to you soon. Thanks, Stephen. Appreciate the call. You know, talking about Tanner Lamb and needing contributions like that, there's no doubt. It reminds me of something you said back in our pregame show, Paul, when we were talking about all of the injuries that are bothering the Guelph Storm, and nobody in Kitchener is going to feel bad for them because the Rangers have gone through their own bad run of injuries. But as you said then, and we talk about a lot, next man up, it's somebody else's opportunity, and Tanner Lamb was certainly making the most of his ice time tonight. Yeah, and we've seen... um over the last couple of games here, a rotation of uh, Romano, Stark, and uh, Lamb uh, taking a seat because, you know, we're getting the healthy bodies back, so somebody has to sit down. And when you get your chance to get back in there, you don't want to do something that gives the coaching staff a reason to sit you down. And none of these players have. They've just been healthy scratches. But you want to put your best foot forward. And I think Romano certainly has had a real upswing in his game. Um, Stark w- was good the other night. And, you know, Tanner Lamb was, was pretty good tonight. So you want to you wanna give the coaches a reason to keep you in there once you get back in there. But knowing full well that if as long as we're healthy, somebody has to sit down. Just going back to those special teams and Paul's assertion that you score 68, you have one per game. By the end of the season, you're going to be in the upper echelons. The Rangers with their power play goal tonight now at 43. The London Knights have already scored 67 on the power play. But I, it's funny you say that. I was looking. Like Owen Sound, for example, has played 51 games, has 50 goals, and they're in second. They're 31%. And uh, Saginaw, they're just over a goal a game. That's always kind of been the, the marker for me, Mike, is that 68 well, whatever number of games you play, if you can get one a game. And, and the nights that you you get only two, well, you, you go one for two. You know, and the nights that you get six, well, one for six, then, you you know, your percentage isn't as good, but, but you get that goal. It, it's just kind of been a benchmark that the teams I've been with over the years has used. And it seems to, I mean, it's when you look at the top. absolutely playing itself out, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. 4-3, the Rangers win it over the Guelph Storm tonight, handing the Storm a seventh straight loss. Back to the phones on Rangers Talk. Eddie, you're on City News 570. Hello? 
How are you? Hello. Wow, so good, Eddie. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, you know what? I, what can I say? Of course they needed that win, and they got it, but they didn't do it the easy way. Um, but you know what? Two points is two points, and overall I think it was a good game. Parsons looks good. As, uh, I don't know. It's, just, it's refreshing to see them not blow a lead. Just ref- <laughs> well, nice, nice and refreshing. No. Listen, that the weekend was tough in that regard. They had to battle from behind in Kingston and did twice to tie the game and then surrendered the winner with under two minutes like to go. One, one, and then on yeah. yeah, and then on Saturday, it was one forty four on Friday night if memory serves, and then on Saturday with one twenty nine left and the Rangers had been leading by a goal and Ottawa got one with just under six to play and the winner with a minute 29 to play. So I hear what you're saying, and, and I'm sure the Rangers are relieved they could do it too. And even yeah, tonight, uh, it had that feel. Yeah. You know, one Sorry. thing that's kind of crossed my mind about, about this team is, could it just be that how many times were they scoring six, seven goals a game while still allowing like four goals but coming away with the win because the offense is just lights out? So now that, you know, they've kind of come back down to earth the offense, is it – like, do you see what I'm trying to say is like – could that be why this team might not be doing one of the reasons why this team might not be uh, doing as good as they were? I think I think you're close there, but not all the way. And and Paul and I will get into this a little bit more when we're finished with this call. But I don't recall the Rangers being in a lot of those run-and-gun games like the Sudbury Wolves and Mississauga Steelheads were last week, 8-7. There was the one real crazy game, 8-6 against this Storm team in Guelph, but that was an afternoon where no goalie could make a save for either team. Yeah, and the Sudbury Sudbury game got uh, like seven five. Yeah, that that. But but other than that, no. Like I, I didn't. I, just looking back at some of our scores, I when we were winning. I mean, there were some tight games, but but five uh, two and four two and you know five nothing, four nothing. Like I don't think we were. Rangers had an eight nothing, an eight nothing, uh, a six one. You know, they they put up some big numbers, a nine two, a ten three. But but the goals against are Exactly, like, that's what I'm saying. The yeah. goals against were down. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, uh, also I mean what else can we say? Like of course injuries don't help, but like you kinda said, like how how much can you play off that that injuries happen, you know, it's next man up. Um but speaking of injuries, what do we what do we think about Martin? When's he when's he supposed to come back? Because I feel like every <laughs> week it's next week. Every week it's next week. We're running out of weeks, aren't we, Ed? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd say I'd say by the end of I, I set a prediction by the end of the month. By the end of uh, February, he'll be back. Well, I'll I'll tell you this for free: if it's the end of the month, it's too late. And I I mean I love Mitch Martin, but uh, you know by the end of the month you're down to what ten, eleven games to play, and uh, it just it, you, the guy when he comes back after such a long he hasn't played since November, so after such a long layoff. You got to have time to get into game shape here. You can skate as much as you want. So I, I'm personally uh, a wee bit concerned in that department. It's got to be demoralizing too yeah. for for him and his his you know development and career projections and all those things. And you just want to see the poor guy just get healthy and be able to play something that he loves, and that's hockey. And then what about uh, what about Reed? Because he, he's supposed to be back, what, in like a, two weeks maybe or something like that? Well, I don't think there's been any timeline put out on it, but um, 
initially it was four to six weeks, wasn't it, Mike? I, I believe initially it was four to six. Yeah. So yeah. if you if you went back and you could figure it out, but I did see him skating the other day, and he's he's skating very well, and so his his injuries coming along, and I would think we'll see him sooner than later. Yeah, it's that's I'm just because surmising because uh, they, you know what? Like, I I don't think this team's going to keep up this this stretch, but at the end of the day, it has been what bad, ten, bad, pretty bad ten games. So, uh, but I, I don't think they'll keep it up. I think they'll snap out of it. I'm not saying they're going to go on another. I don't know what was the longest win streak they had or point streak. I can't remember exactly. But it was, they won. They won eight in a row. So I yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't think they're going to get back to that kind of level but you know what you don't need to win eight games in a row to be good yes you do so. yes you do eddie okay uh you do i appreciate the call i want to get further into this because i look i again i'm not going to try to you know diminish and invalidate a nice win for the rangers tonight but in my opinion like you look at the teams ahead of you in sault st marie and london has not lost in regulation in 23 games they're 21 Zero zero and two, Saginaw's buzzing along. Both London and Saginaw are on track to hit fifty wins this season. Sault Ste. Marie's humming along. You, if you're the Kitchener Rangers and you want to, you want to be in that upper echelon with the big boys, you got to win eight in a row. You, yep. you, you really do. Yeah, you're right, Mike. And I and I think this team truly believes they are in that discussion. That they've shown it for they, sure. They've shown it, and they they believe that. Like we, we we're around them enough and talk to them enough that they do believe that. So um, if if you are going to be in that conversation, you have to win like those those three teams that you mentioned. And I think it is important. And and uh, if, if you start winning, you know, four in a row, five in a row, get to eight in a row, now you get to be taken serious again. Like, hey, maybe they can knock off whomever they, you know. But I, I, I hate projecting like that. I don't know who we're going to play. Like, if we finish here, we play there. If we finish here, we play there. Like, it's just way too too far yet. To... But we know who's on the schedule coming up, right? Mississauga, oh, yeah. Sudbury, Peterborough, Sarnia, Sioux, London, Kingston, Owen Sound, Flint. You know, it goes on from there. You, you know what's left in the regular season. And, look, eight wins in a row is really difficult. All I'm saying is a win here is nice, but now – as we've already talked about, you're only as good as your next game and your next win because this team has to get that love and feeling back again. Yep. Yeah, and it starts. It starts with what happened tonight. I, they, they. It was a different group under under the stands there tonight, and um, not like that group with the long faces and the quiet bus ride that we had for five plus hours uh, on uh, Sunday. By the way. What a job by Moose getting us back! Oh here. my gosh! Can like, we just give that guy a shout? Some out, love right? to to you Mike the Moose. You. Like he did an unbelievable job, and you know, clean roads and no snow and all that good stuff. But he he put the hammer down and got us home in real good time. That man is a driver, <laughs> and he honors his bets because he lost a little wager to yours truly on the Super Bowl. Uh, just before we get to Jeffrey's call, Eddie did bring up an interesting point, Paul, that I wanted to expand on. A little further, and we touched on this during our Harris Law pregame show a way back when. But Eddie wondered if, you know, when the Rangers were going well and they were scoring a lot, but also giving up a lot, they really weren't. And and I think for me, this comes back to what we touched on earlier, and that is how important a solid defensive core is. And I'm not trying to take away from the guys that the Rangers currently have, but at one point. When this team was really rolling along, there were four NHL drafted players 
on their back end. It was a pretty special group that was, was rolling out and was the strength of the team early on, no question about it. Um, I think one of the things, though, Mike, in every interview that you do with Coach Ahokas, uh head coach UC Hocus, he always stresses uh, we need to be strong defensively. We need to win the one-on-one battles. We need to uh, uh, have have a, a puck management. You know, those those are all defensive concepts. I think this club stresses defense, and and so they that's important. And even throughout this stretch, they haven't had the big blowout games. I mean, there's been a couple of the London game, whatever, but. Uh, he does preach defense first, and and uh, you know that defense that we started with. Well, we don't have that anymore, so we have to make do with what we have. What we have is pretty good, pretty good, uh, uh, pretty good young core there, and we see a bit of growth with Max. You know, Carson Campbell's game has has come back nicely, and and uh, once we get Reed back in there, well. Now somebody has to come out. Who's it going to be that comes out? You know, so uh, they're they're coming around, and I think Brustevich is showing that he's getting back to where he was. And Andonovsky's Andonovsky. He's just a solid rock uh, every night. What does a strong defensive core mean to the team on the whole? And I, I left on Motu. I hate naming names because I mean Simon Motu, game in and game out. It's Mister Consistency. Yes, sir. They can call Brock Purdy Mister Irrelevant all they want. Simon Motu is Mr. Consistency in my books. Sorry, uh, what does... A strong defensive core, what does that mean to the team overall, even including perhaps the offense? Well, it means it when, when you have a strong defensive core, you, you give yourself a real good chance to win hockey games because you're not allowing the other team grade A scoring opportunities, uh, multiple, you know, they might get a shot on that, but then the defense clear out, and there's no rebound chances, those secondary and third chances, things like that. And strong defensive, it allows your goaltender to see the puck and make the saves, and you know you're not spending a lot of time in your in your end. The more time you can <laughs> be outside of your blue line, the better chance you have to win. And I, I just think when you when you have a strong defensive team, you have a better chance to win. You know, you're not you're not getting in that run and gun game, and this team doesn't play that way. Uh, they, they, it, it starts from the goaltending out. It's it's pounded into them, game in and game out, practice after practice. You know, we're going to score our goals, but we have to concentrate on playing sound defense. And they allow their defense the ability to get up ice, and I I can see it right now. We're, we're it was forward, and I forget who the forward was, throwing it down the net front where Brustevich is standing just off off the post. They allow their defense to be very offensive-minded, uh, up ice and what have you, but they expect certain things in the defensive zone first and foremost as well. Rangers beat the Gulf Storm 4-3 to three tonight. We're up against the clock. We'll take a quick break. Jeffrey, coming back with your call and more as we continue with Rangers Talk. Brought to you by You Save Flooring. This is City News 570. Got something to say about your East Avenue Blue? Call now. 519-570-2545. It's City News 570. Rangers Talk. Brought to you by You Save Flooring. Price is so low. Just take it and go. City News 570. The Rangers 4, the Guelph Storm 3. Kitchener's second win in its past 10 games. And oh, both victories over the Kitchener or over the Gulf Storm. Pardon me. Right back to the phones, Brett. You're on Rangers Talk on City News 570. 
Parzi, Paul, how you doing? We're doing well. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Just walked into my house outside of Paris, Ontario here. Um, Beautiful place. I was at the odd earlier. And I just, a couple of points I just wanted to bring up to you. The first one, and it's going to give you a trip down memory lane. The first half of this season leading up to Christmas, this Rangers team gave me serious 07, 08 vibes with how <laughs> high-powered this team was. Like, if you remember that, Farzee, like, it was good. Oh, listen, we talked about that earlier. That that team went on multiple double-digit winning streaks, and it was one of those seasons. That Rangers won 53 games that year. You can do the math at how long the winning streaks were and how frequent. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then second point, I just um, – what I've noticed with this team, I think that they just need to try and figure out is – to try and figure out how to get that like killer instinct mentality, to, especially to close out games. Because if you look at, I hate to say, you look at teams like London, they never let up. They're on you. They're on you. They're on you. That killer instinct. So like, I just feel like that might be the missing ingredient. What would be your What would be your uh, way of getting that through? Because because you're right. That's a very good point. How. Uh, how would you get that through to them? I, I don't, I don't know if it's got to be some sort of inspirational movie style pep talk or or whatever. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't know if we need to get uh, um, uh, the Rock or something to get get a pep talk to them. But it's it's it's. It, I feel like if if you have that mentality and then you can somehow get through to them and get them to actually do that and then start pounding it to other teams like winning like eight eight one eight three whatever it is that you just you don't let up you keep going at the other team and i think that that's like really the way to go brett excellent points really appreciate the call tonight good to hear from you as a first-time caller on rangers talk and the the lack of a killer instinct maybe i look brett's not wrong that the teams that do things really really well aka the team down the 401 they're they are relentless well if we're going to go down the the movie route to get this out of them i'm going brooks no i'm going rudy all the way okay that's a good one too that's a good one too (laughs) you know when when brett was talking about the trip down memory lane what i was thinking about with the way this team was buzzing in the first half of the season was not necessarily that they were going to equal the record of 25 wins in a row but that was a team that 84 team that was just kind of middling along and then all of a sudden something switched and they went and so the beginning of the season nobody nobody expected the rangers to do what they did and they were tearing up this league yeah uh they were uh, but you know the league catches up the league kind of balance evens out and whatever and with pre-scouting and all that sorts of stuff and and make no mistake the the rangers got decimated with injuries key injuries and that certainly hurt and then some bad bad puck luck let's call it and, sure you know things happen but i i liked i liked his point about the killer instinct because it's crucial it's crucial to have that um as we get closer to the playoffs, Mike, it, it really is. And tonight, tonight in the end, that's the type of killer instinct. You know, that last shift there by Philip Machar, we never really talked. He was relentless pursuit of the puck. And when he knocked it out over the blue line, 
uh, it was Mashar who was just hounding the puck. That's the type of killer instinct. You don't expect that out of, uh, of your one of your top offensive players, but he was all over the ice uh, uh, pursuing the puck and, and not allowing them to get set up in the in the Rangers' defensive zone. I, I thought Philip Mashar did a great job in the last shift. Enjoy him this season, Rangers fans. Oh, yeah, Philip Mashar is long gone next year to pro hockey. All right, Jeffrey, you're on Rangers Talk on City News 570. Hey guys, yeah, that was a good, uh, good uh, ending result, I guess tonight. That's good. Hopefully, we can keep it going, or they can keep it going. But uh, just got a few points, and they're like just really straightforward. And uh, then I'll you hang up. You guys can uh, see what you think. But uh, they came out with a, a article release there. I think it was last week about uh, Mississauga going down the road to Brampton. Uh, next year, and they're going to just kind of basically go down the highway to a different arena. Just wondering you guys' thoughts on that, and and wondering maybe, like, is that sort of like a last time they're going to sort of do that before they make a decision to move it elsewhere, or do they really think that Branton's the way to go? I mean, I can remember the battalion there when I was a kid, and that didn't work out either, really. So, uh, anyway, uh, Paul, uh, the the Martins Pelvic, uh, do you have any sort of... uh, comparison when you were coaching back in the day to a player that had sort of uh, that issue or back issues maybe like um, that it was experiencing something like that in that timeline and then sort of maybe like how he felt and then uh, lastly like obviously London's blowing everybody out of the water again but uh, unless there's a drastic change Kitchener probably will stay around where they are I guess but uh do you guys see any? Um, uh, do you do you see any team, any of those bottom teams right now, giving them a real scare? The only th- team I wouldn't want to face in the first round, if I was Kitchener, really would be Owen Sound. Don't really think I'd want to be on with Car- Colby Barlow and those guys in the first round. Just, but anyway, thanks for taking my call. All right, uh, Jeffrey, thanks for making the call. I will just quickly say. You know, Jeffrey says he sees the Rangers kind of staying where they are. That's why I said with some urgency when Eddie suggested earlier he doesn't expect the Rangers to win eight in a row. I said they have to. Uh, You know, and maybe not eight in a row, but they have to get back to that and contend with these teams that are certainly showing their very best at this point of the season. Steve, I'll... Paul, I'll let you pick up for the other uh, questions. Well, interesting about the Mississauga-Brampton thing. We had Brian O'Leary on, uh, or I did an interview with Brian a while back there, and he said, hey, they've tried it in the GTA. It isn't working. Like, move on. And and I kind of agree to that. Like, I, I think they got a sweetheart deal to go to Brampton probably, and that's that's why they're they're going there. It's unfortunate that they can't make it work in Miss, Mississauga because it's a great building. It's an awesome awesome building to be in but it's a business and when you're not making money uh, you know I, I guess you move on yeah and it's, they're they're gonna not make money in brampton either they're just gonna lose less, less. they're getting free rent for a number of yeah. years and if you're moving seven kilometers away you can take sponsors with you you don't have to rebuild billet family infrastructure all of those things can stay in place so really they're just going to lose less. less. And if it's your team and yeah. you want to keep it in the GTA, that's what you do. The Martin injury, the question, I, I've never heard of that injury, quite honestly. Uh, I don't have any anything to kind of relate it to. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. 
I have no, first of all, I, I don't know much about injuries other than I've had quite a few in my day, but <laughs> I don't know how to rehab them. So I, I can't really comment on that. Uh, I, I just wish he could get healthy so we could get him back in the lineup. And as for the teams that we're, you know, we're potentially see, it's funny because the guys were doing that in the media lounge today when we're sitting in front of the big grease board. Uh, hey, whoever you play, you better be ready to play playoff hockey, be it Guelph, Owen Sound, or somebody else if we move up to the ranks. You better be you better be winning those eight games in a row, like you say, uh, as you get into the playoffs and, and be ready to take on all comers. Uh, and it makes a good point. Like, Owen Sound's a tough team. And, and Guelph's going to get pushing her back, and they're going to be no pushover either. There's, there's a lot. We've talked about it all year, about how the Midwest division is such a tough division. Well, yeah, it is. Come playoff time, it's really going to be tough. So here's the team I'm going to throw out. Sarnia and Flint are probably going to battle for the eighth spot. It'll be one or the other that's in. But the team just above them that I don't expect to move out of seventh. If you finish second, do not sleep on the Erie Otters. Because you want to talk about players coming back. Benjamin Godreau will likely be back by the time the playoffs roll around. You've got some high-end talent on the Erie Otters, a team that's still coming into its own but plays tough all the time, I would not sleep on the Erie Otters. If I'm the second-place finisher in this conference and I draw Erie, I'm being very, very careful. And we talked about defense, Mike. You know how Stan Butler teams stress defense and defense wins, and, and Stan, Stan for sure will stress defense. Uh, that's a really good point, Mike. And and at this point, they feel like they're playing with house money. They've got nothing to lose. Why not go out and knock somebody out? Absolutely. So that's my 10 cents on who in the lower tier of the opening round is a team that scares me. I don't think it'll match up Rangers-Otters unless it's a 3-6, but we'll worry about that as Don Cameron loved to hear me say and by that i mean didn't love it at all it was his least favorite phrase if the playoffs were to start today (laughs) but they don't they start uh, the last week of march rangers win it 4-3 over the guelph storm tonight you're listening to rangers talk brought to you by you save flooring on city news 570 we want to hear from all the armchair coaches call now 519-570-2545 it's city news 570 rangers talk brought to you by you save flooring prices so low just take it and go city news 570 well it must be the home cooking for the kitchener rangers because their last victory was on home ice or maybe it's the opponent because their last victory on home ice was over the Guelph Storm and the Rangers did that again tonight. 4-3 the final as Kitchener snaps a three-game losing streak and extends the Storm's woes to seven straight losses. I just got an email, Paul, uh, from our buddy Jerry Liscomb Jr. who calls a real fine game for the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. I was listening to him a couple of weeks back calling a Greyhound-Saginaw spirit game. Terrific broadcast, but Jerry and I for a couple of years now have uh, had a little back and forth on the number of steps we accumulate each day. And he was teasing me when we were up in the Sioux because despite our daily walk, he still got more steps. And, you know, he's northern. That's why. Anyway, he's listening in the night and says, don't be flaunting your road walks on the broadcast. That's fake news. They aren't real walks by your step count. Fixie, back me up here. We took a legit walk in Kingston on Friday. And not only did we take a legit walk, Mike, we took a legit walk to the rink in our suits. We look, we look stylish. 
in our Chanter's clothes walking to the rink. There you go. Take that. Let's go more than 13,000 steps, and that is not fake news. As we uh, wrap things up here on Rangers Talk tonight, Paul, we've alluded to it already. This is great. Kitchener Rangers can uh, have those smiles and breathe those sighs of relief tonight. And then tomorrow, you got to get back to work and get ready for a tough Mississauga team on Friday. Yep. You've uh, put it in a nutshell very well, Mike. That's exactly what it is. And I think the coach alluded to it after the game that, you know, we'll get back to practice tomorrow. And he's going to stress all the things we've talked about. Defense, holding leads, getting the special teams working uh, on all cylinders and clicking the way they want to get them clicking. And I think, you know, some of the takeaways from tonight, though, it's it's nice to see Chalet score a goal. Yes. Uh, you know, and then Tanner Lamb out of the lineup, back in the lineup, scores a goal. You know, Bristavich looked like himself again. And uh, there's a lot of good takeaways uh, from this game, but you have to build upon it and get that uh, eight-game winning streak, even though Eddie doesn't agree with us. <laughs> Yeah, you want to try to put together a little string here, and what better place to do it than here at the Memorial Auditorium where the Rangers have been strong all season. Yeah, and, and you're right, like about the home building, home cooking, home your own bed and all that stuff. Hey, get it going while you're while you're at home. We knew it was a travel-heavy second half, and certainly old fellas like you and I are feeling it. (laughs) (laughs) I do, indeed, for sure. All right, we'll uh, wrap things up from here after a 4-3 Ranger win over the Guelph Storm tonight. Tough times in the Royal City. Don't count them out, but uh, the Storm are sliding in the wrong direction. They fall behind the Owen Sound attack. The attack were 2-1 winners in overtime tonight at home to the Oshawa Generals on our Liebold Electric out-of-town scoreboard. So it's Guelph now in sixth, the Owentown attack in fifth, and the Rangers holding down fourth place and back in the win column with their 4-3 win over the Storm tonight. On behalf of my broadcast partner, Paul Fixter, and our producer, Adam Sanderson, my name is Mike Farwell. I bid you a very good Tuesday night from the Memorial Auditorium in Kitchener.